0: Hello, everyone. I am Alex and I'm here with my husband, Shane. Baby Lou is in bed. The cat is in her room. And we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour on this Family Tree podcast, episode 41. Shane, tonight we have some very exciting guests. We are talking to Marcia from Not So Mumsy, which is an incredible mom blog that, you know, she's got a beautiful aesthetic. But keeps things real and through her blog she provides a really great forum for women to write in stories share experiences and just learn from each other motherhood after that we have a woman who i didn't even know was local melissa from josiah and co she gets incredibly raw with her experiences of miscarriage she's had multiple and she opens up about what that's been like for her how it's impacted her as a mother and how it's impacted her marriage and Bring up her other two
1: kids. I mean, she's had seven miscarriages. Mm-hmm. That is, I can't even imagine just having one and seeing how much it affected us and our family. But yeah, it was a very interesting conversation. So I think everyone else will find it interesting too.
0: Absolutely. And I think these and kinds helpful of helpful
1: conf- to some people.
0: Yeah, I think these kinds of conversations are so good, whether you've experienced it or not, because then it just gives you insight to what those people have gone through. And You know, you might have a friend that's experiencing a miscarriage or has and it kind of gives you insight and gives you something to Talk to them about I guess some ground to stand on.
1: Yeah, it's good to talk about tough things And it seems like that's all we've been talking about lately. Oh,
0: man I know the second we wake up in the morning to the second we go to bed at night it's tough conversations tough conversations sad conversations uncomfortable conversations and Honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way in regards to what's happening right now, because all of these conversations do need to happen. You do need to look within yourself. You need to grow. And of course, we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests against police brutality. Yeah, it's been it's been a really difficult week.
1: It, it has. And I put up a black square. And then as the day went on, I started thinking... Maybe I shouldn't have put up the black square. I'm not, and you didn't put up the black square. So I'm like, geez, there's not even, you know, a common unity within our family on what to do. So that just shows you how much other people must have been confused.
0: Yeah. So no. what do
1: you what do you feel about me putting up that square?
0: Well, I I knew that it was a show of solidarity. And of course, I know you as a person. And I know that you all week have been, you know, really in tune with things, reading a lot, trying to learn as much as you can and through our conversations just meditating on how you are and how I think white privilege impacts you and impacts us as a family and I didn't choose to put up a black square. I've, I've been muting myself or whatever that is all week uh, in favor of amplifying black voices and just not clogging up the people who follow me with more information that about my life because my life is so insignificant right now and it feels so weird to even think like you and I had this conversation this morning I couldn't even imagine doing a post right now like oh hey guys look at my baby bump or hey moms my you know my vagina hurts today what can I do about it something like that just is so Even if it's a big issue to me, it is so fucking frivolous right now.
1: That being said, you know, we're still moving on with our podcast. I should say we're moving forward with our podcast, but we're not really moving on because this issue we're still talking about on this pod. And I think we are going to make a great effort to have more black inclusivity because we have hardly had any if we're really looking at ourselves Mm -hmm. like we had Taylor Nolan, but We really this has been a ninety nine point nine 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 percent white podcast. Yeah, and I really feel bad about that because I didn't even think about it. And Mm -hmm. I guess that's the definition of inconsiderate when you don't even consider it. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but I actually thought I was being inclusive by including men on this podcast because it's a maternity family podcast, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm being so inclusive. And I didn't even have the wherewithal to think that there was any other people to include.
0: Well, of course. And when you consider the men we've had on, it is the view of just more white parents. And of course, we're going to have different issues and different concerns than those of black parents. And it's short-sighted of us unintentionally and, like you said, inconsiderate.
1: Yeah, I guess the real... Issue that a lot of people who think they're not racist isn't the overt racism; it's more the subconscious racism.
0: Well, and I just I, I want to expand on that. I mean, look at the Instagram motherhood community. Just look at it. It's white woman, white woman, white woman. Me, I'm a white woman. Another white well, woman. Well, I'm
1: a mother tougher fan myself. So spe- <laughs> speak for yourself. Check out Mother Tougher, by the way.
0: And yeah, and that's been it's it's just wild again. Who gets the exposure on Instagram and? white privilege just sinking in on instagram and you know me not looking beyond that right. for and women of color yeah so
1: we are going to improve on that and if if you do notice that we do have a little bit of a backlog of white guests so we we are still going to be having white guests but we are are going to include people of all shapes sizes colors And backgrounds.
0: So please stay with us as we strive personally to better ourselves and our podcast and be more inclusive in who we talk to and who we expose you as listeners to.
1: And yes I'm sure we would talk about the issues at hand with with these guests we're trying to book right now but also just to have black guests on to talk about other things and Mm -hmm. their lives outside of the Black Lives Matter movement. So it'd be nice in a year from now if we still had a roster of guests that were more inclusive where we don't even necessarily strictly just talk about heavy issues.
0: And that's the thing and I don't think that when you you know have somebody on whether it's somebody of color, somebody that is black, somebody that is white, that you don't focus on
1: it's, it's a tricky balance because you don't have to focus on the race, but you don't want to ignore it either. Yeah. You want to do it respectfully and make it not the all-encompassing topic. Yeah. Our differences and our commonalities yeah. should be discussed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So Shane, again, moving from one difficult thing to a not so difficult thing. But I just think, you know, uh, during these evenings, after we put Lucy to bed, we watch the news for a little bit while we eat dinner. We do a little reading. And then we try to relax a bit with a movie, try to clear our heads and get ready for the next day. However, obviously, these emotions are... You don't want to get away from them, and it's impossible to. So our emotions are even weighing so heavily on us when we're trying to watch a lighter movie. So we watched a movie this week about the script's spelling bee. Do you remember what that was called?
1: No. Maybe it was... No.
0: It was fantastic, anyway. It was about how... uh Indian-American students are always winning the script spelling bee. And we were enthralled with it. I love the script spelling bee. And a couple times in the movie, I'd look over at Shane. And I don't don't know if we had watched this movie the week, Mm -hmm. you know, two weeks ago. You would have had the same reactions. Or if you would have. I would have. (laughs) But Shane, uh, no stranger to emotion, had tears streaming down his face in the spelling bee movie.
1: Yeah, why why was I crying? Um,
0: Well, one time when the little boy lost.
1: Oh, yeah, because I really wanted him to win. (laughs) Uh, And he was so cute. He reminded me of Lucy a lot. And, you know, I like people going for their dreams.
0: Yeah. No, it's amazing. And it's, you know, another good reminder, I think, to parents that no matter what your kid is into, and these kids are so obsessed so obsessed with the spelling bee and they have the whole family working on it the parents going through tens of thousands of dictionary entries and working with the kid hours each day and the kids are just so passionate about it that it's it's so amazing to see these parents support these passions even if maybe the parents are like well you know I'd really prefer if you were out playing sports I'd really prefer if you were studying science instead of words cuz I want you to be a doctor and they're just all in it for their kids And I think that's the big takeaway I got as a parent watching that, which is, again, like.
1: Well, they were all so humble and so kind and gracious when they did lose. And the parents were so supportive. Maybe they were playing it up for the cameras. Maybe they're beaten terribly behind closed (laughs) doors. But on camera, the parents seemed like they were genuinely great people. And it was very admirable.
0: No, it, it was, but it's, it's a really sweet movie. It's a really cool movie and just kind of shows the culture behind the scenes at The Spelling bees. but I would like to see these things, like these deep dives into different kids sports and showcase different parents. I think like it would what? be so What's another weird sport? Darts. Darts? Let's get into the dart world. I want to see the people that live for darts.
1: Competitive darts, like darts you'd play at like a yeah. bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the people- Is there a kid world playing that ping pong's interesting
0: ping pong would be so interesting Yeah, my
1: buddy was actually gonna do a documentary on ping pong Sean Menard Sean yeah he did the Carter effect if anyone's interested in cool documentaries
0: it's on Netflix right now Netflix Canada for sure yeah and it's a great documentary about how Vince Carter kind of made Toronto cool just by coming over and playing for the Raptors. Oh,
1: being the most popular player in, in the coolest league in the world, yeah, in but my opinion. Yeah, Toronto
0: was not, as a city, what I gathered from the documentary, to be honest, I was like, what, nine when Carter started playing for the Raptors. And I loved him. And Toronto, though, was not a cool place if you didn't live around the area. You no, know,
1: Canada in general wasn't cool. And Toronto wasn't really known. And we had no club scene. Right. So this documentary actually goes into how... Through Vince Carter, bottle service was introduced to Toronto. There was never bottle service. It just didn't exist. And well, people listening might be like, oh, that's for douches. But it did kind of revolutionize clubbing. No, in a I way. Love that. It made it cool for people to sit in a booth and have their own bottle and, you know, all that type of stuff.
0: So any of you white mamas who like sitting in booths at bars getting white bottle mamas. service? Yeah. I hope you're donating to the Black Lives Matter movement because thanks to Vince Carter.
1: That's a weird crowbar. That's weird, Alex.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> okay, you know, it's a trying week for us all. We're all going to say weird things at times and uh you know, this is a process to say the right thing and at least you're trying, Alex.
0: Oh, well, I'm I'm trying and honestly, just for this
1: failing thing. horribly, but you're trying, oh, you know, failing I'm, I'm failing. Heck, I put up a black square.
0: It's it, and Yeah. And the. And then you cried here. last,
1: last episode. And I was like, geez, these are like white tears. And then you posted about having white tears. So and, I'm like...
0: Cause, and that's the thing. It's it's a cycle of learning and it's a cycle of bettering yourself. And it's knowing that because we aren't living that experience, we will never truly know. And we are going to fumble and we are going to screw up so many times along the way. But we just need to keep trying and need to keep educating ourselves and just...
1: I guess if we're going to fumble and fall, we might as well do it forward.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As long as you're moving forward and as long as you are putting in the effort, that is the path we need to stay on.
1: Yeah, and educate yourself because if you keep fumbling and failing and you think you're going forwards but you're not putting in the work, then it really isn't going forwards. Because education, I think, is key and all these things people are looking up I'm really all the things people are putting up in their stories and their posts I'm really getting a lot from it personally
0: yeah me too and it's it's just so crazy to think that while all this is going on Shane and I forgot the biggest thing that impacted our lives and what we were the most terrified of a short two weeks ago which was COVID-19 and it's so fascinating that all these things are happening, and it's like, yeah, people understand that there's still COVID-19 and the risks involved, but it's like, that's a risk to our health, but so is police brutality, so is racism.
1: Well, and- I thought it was so interesting. I was watching somebody posted something in their story. It was showing a very like articulate black man talking about how in these protests, they're launching tear gas. Yeah. During the pandemic, where it's essentially a respiratory disease, they're launching gas which affects your lungs. It's it's so insane to think that this is real life and yeah. not some nightmare or movie.
0: Oh, I I know it's every scene I see is like from a movie from a video game, but like it's just it's hard to fathom and it's hard to get my head around. I want to ask your opinion, Shane, on. People, whether it's a celebrity, an influencer, like if you're scrolling through Instagram and you see either a celebrity or an influencer posting just regular life stuff or you see a friend posting regular life stuff, like what goes through your head when you see those things? And I understand that it might be different uh, for the...
1: I tend to think that something's going on with them. Maybe they're either super narcissistic and self-obsessed and have to post their thing or they're not so closeted racist now yeah so it, it is tricky and it, even the people who are posting sometimes they're doing the perfunctory bare minimum just mm-hmm. to get by but if you're not willing to even do that that's the real red flag and you're almost proud of not posting that's when you see the weird post talking about all lives matter and stuff. And then it's like, these people don't even give a shit. And you're like, wow, I thought I knew you. That's like 1% of people. I know Mm -hmm. they're really revealing themselves.
0: Oh, well, I've seen people I know posting like actual opposition memes, like all lives do matter. Or I support the police, like, like really going out there. And it's, Some of these people I'm shocked. Some of them I'm not shocked at. And I'm just glad they're all kind of revealing themselves. But as far as it goes for celebs and influencers, again, I'm happy that certain people are kind of revealing themselves. And then I also get that some of them just maybe they're doing the work more slowly, I guess.
1: Or maybe they have sponsored posts. It's their livelihood. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they can't stop a sponsored post once it's gone out the door.
0: I was thinking about that, yeah.
1: Uh, I was listening to Michael Che and he was talking about how it's interesting that they're not even asking for equality. They're just asking to matter. Yeah. And that that's causing a debate. He was saying it in like a a funny way, but I found that so interesting and true that people are debating whether black lives matter. All they want to do is matter. Like they don't even want to get revenge or make things, even Mm -hmm. the score. It's just like just to matter that's yep. so, when it, when it was said like that, it was just made me really think.
0: No, I, I think that is so impactful. Another thing I heard actually today along the same lines is that, was that I wanted, it was some, I'm not sure who said it and it's so so bad, I'm sorry, but it was the best way to show that you care or the best way to show that you love me is to listen or the best...
1: What, it? what Alex is trying to say, she heard something really good.
0: I heard something really good, guys. <laughs> I've heard lots of really good things. And uh, again, it's hard to keep all this filed, but we are doing it and we are trying.
1: We also saw the movie uh, The 13th. Yes, and I must say we. This was our second time watching it. Mm-hmm. It's based off the Thirteenth Amendment. It's mm-hmm. talking about, and I just spilled a gallon of water on the floor. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. Yeah. So it's as Shane was saying. It's based on the Thirteenth Amendment and how everybody in America has the right to be free, unless you are in the.
1: Well, unless you're in prison, because then if yeah. you're in prison, that you you lose your right to vote, and mm-hmm. essentially. It's the scarlet letter that follows you the rest of your life being in jail because you can't get a job. You have to put it on every job application. And it really follows you around. And, of course, they target people of color.
0: Low-income people of color, specifically black people, I think Mexican people in the United States, Latinx people.
1: I think 40% of the jail population is black.
0: Whereas black men only make up 5% or 6% of the overall U.S. population. Yeah. Males, I think.
1: Yeah, it's pretty eye-opening in the way they targeted crack instead of cocaine yeah. for, for long-term prison sentences. And cocaine, of course, was used more by affluent communities because it's an expensive drug. And crack was used in the lower-income housing.
0: Oh, 100%. And But it's just – it's a really good, factual, informative, and well-presented documentary. Uh, so really do – Highly recommend that.
1: The first time we watched it, you did fall asleep, Alex. This was months ago, before years ago, maybe.
0: I think I it was. That. I think it was. It was when it first came out, right, on Netflix.
1: And to be honest, when I was watching it, I I did retain a lot of it, but I wasn't actively watching it mm-hmm. the way I was the second time around, which is after the George Floyd murder, and I was like hanging on every word. And I found you weren't sleeping through it this time. You were.
0: <laughs> no, I was woke. Not.
1: You could say? Alex. I was trying to be you woke. You were woke, yeah. Absolutely. It's not a good joke, but it's something I said that's a bit wordplay-y. Okay, anything else to talk about?
0: Yeah, well, let's end off our talking segment. I just want to give everybody a warning. I was reading a general health advisory this week from you know, the, the American AMA or something like that. And it was a warning, if you are a single person you're listening to this podcast, they are recommending that single people or couples in, you know, more casual relationships wear masks during sex to help protect you from COVID.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Um, (laughs) Like, how would you feel about that? Me wearing a mask? You'd probably like it. (laughs) You have been trying to ask me to scrape my tongue in a kind of...
0: I suggested to Shane that we get tongue scrapers because my electric toothbrush doesn't clean my tongue as well as my previous like, manual toothbrush did. So we got tongue scrapers on Amazon. They but-
1: just came today. I'm going to use a tongue scraper for the first time. But <laughs> honestly, swear to God mm-hmm. here, do I have bad breath? Honestly.
0: Yeah. A blow on me.
1: I don't want to blow on you. I mean, in general, do I have bad breath? Honestly. In
0: in general, no. You swear. Yeah. Some days you do, but...
1: Is it because of coffee?
0: Probably. Like, I'm sure there's...
1: What does it smell like normally?
0: I don't know. Maybe the other day you ate something really weird, but that, that was an anomaly. Generally, you do not have bad breath. I honestly just think we need to start taking better care of our tongues and our toothbrushes. These... Toothbrushes that we haven't like aren't doing the trick in that department. So, Mm -hmm.
1: and I find I'm not brushing my teeth in the morning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's COVID nineteen because I used
1: to brush my teeth before work, but now my day gets started at a weirder pace, and I'm down to like one a day, and that's very embarrassing for me to admit. Are you down at toothbrushing now that I've just put my heart and soul on the line here?
0: No, I appreciate it. I uh, I do get to a day in but my first
1: You get to a day in where are you sneaking this other brush?
0: Well, it typically doesn't happen until later, like until we, you know, start working or until I bring Lou up for an app.
1: What's what time here?
0: Like eleven thirty.
1: Okay. Very sneaky to do it without me.
0: <laughs> I don't think we're doing it not with each other.
1: Well, we used to wake up and brush our teeth together. True.
0: Well, maybe we'll get back in that to keep. I thought we were both
1: in this like depravity together.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm I'm depraved in other ways right now, babe. What, What way? Well, like I'm washing my hair a pitiful amount of times.
1: How much we talking here?
0: Like, I mean, I I never wash my hair anyways very often because it's just it's not good for your hair my hair does better if it's unwashed
1: i don't ask for the biography of your hair
0: uh maybe like for sure once a week maybe like once in eight days you know it's a long time
1: all right so back to the original question would you wear a mask during lovemaking and would it be a freddy cougar mask if you had the choice
0: oh that could be interesting uh I would not because we are in a committed relationship, so I wouldn't fear getting COVID-19 from you. However, if you were still going out in the workforce, that might be something I'd have to consider. But like I suggested to my friends, there's always ways. You don't actually have to face each other when you're doing that.
1: How else can you do it?
0: Reverse cowgirl. Like there's options.
1: Who's doing reverse cowgirl? I don't don't know. I want to know one person who's like, Let's do reverse cowgirl. <laughs> it is the most painful sex position imaginable. It's like, which married couple or couple is 69ing on the regular? I want to know that. And send me your heights because you have to have the perfect alignment. And pee-pee size, probably.
0: Oh, I'm I'm thinking, you know, younger listeners who might be uh, more agile and <laughs> than we
1: are. <laughs> like younger listeners and single people we've just talked about on this family podcast. There are
0: here. there are. I get a lot of DMs. I think I get the the most conversation I have in regards to our podcast are from our listeners who are single and are without kids.
1: Okay. Well, I was just kidding. So this when, is for
0: you girls. Okay.
1: When I asked you would other position there is i was kidding because the answer is doggy style
0: all right well there you have it young single listeners who we totally appreciate be careful throw those masks on if you don't want to get COVID.
1: okay so now we're going to go to marcia now if her voice sounds a little strange it is because she's from australia (laughs) And it's not strange for her or anyone else in Australia, but it was actually strange to arrange this interview because oh my gosh. a 14-hour time difference is no joke. It was 8 p.m. for us and 10 a.m. And where she was and she was dealing with childcare. She had to
0: like go hide in her car to do the call. It was crazy. Trying to arrange international calls with children is near impossible. So we
1: really appreciate not so mumsy Marcia. Marcia, yeah. Finally a name right.
0: But Shane, before we get to that interview.
1: What is it now?
0: It is so fitting that this podcast is supported by Bravado Designs. Because
1: we love Bravado Designs.
0: Okay, Shane, you do not have breasts. You have not given birth to a child. Yet. Yet, as far as science can take us. But you know bravado designs is the best nursing bra and now just bra company
1: i, I know because you tell me and i I'm, <laughs> I'm, i hope you're giving me the straight goods alex
0: well not just me but our neighbor across the street bought a bra based on my recommendation Sherry, <laughs> shout out to sherry and uh came out was wearing it she had a shirt on on top but loved it like great review from sherry Okay, so for my friends who are nursing mothers and who are postpartum, you know Bravado Designs is the best I've told you. But now for all my other friends, you can get in on this action too because on their Canadian website, they've launched their everyday collection. That is ca.bravadodesigns.com. Of course, on the American site, you can get the regular nursing collection. But if you go Canadian, you can get their everyday wear as
1: well. And I'd like to Sherry with everyone. Our <laughs> promo code for you to use at the checkout, which is this Family Tree 20 which you don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure out that that's 20% off. Ooh, I love it. I love it too, Alice. <laughs> and, and let's go to our interview now with Marcia Leon.
0: Hello. Hi, Marcia. How... Yes, I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it at all. You know what? We're in Canada. It's after 8 and our kid's asleep. But other than that, we have to work around that all the time so totally get it yeah don't worry about it you get the juggle yeah <laughs> I'm literally sitting in my car out in out front of my house
2: while my husband's in with my daughter like that's just how sums up my life right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> well the one podcast that we couldn't get her to sleep and couldn't get any childcare, we had her with us and we conducted an interview with her sitting on the couch with us. And the only way we could get her to be quiet was to give her a spoon and the thing of Nutella, which oh. we would never <laughs> do under regular circumstances. And it was such a disaster. Like, it was it was oh. ridiculous. So I get you completely.
2: Yeah, Poppy just does not let me talk on the phone. She goes, I want to talk. I, want. So I was like, okay, we can't do it around you. But anyway,
0: all good. <laughs> well, we're so happy we're here. And Marcia thank you so much for joining this family tree podcast so for those listening marcia is the founder of not so mumsy so this is a as described on the website style conscious media savvy mamas who juggle busy schedules play dates and the occasional splash of rosé so obviously this speaks to a lot of women whether they are pregnant yeah. or whether they're already moms, spoke to me. I had my daughter two years ago and mm-hmm. I started. You were one of the first moms I started following on Instagram because I was like, okay, I get this vibe. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is what I want to get into. So it was like, you, do you, I don't know if you know who the Rebel Mamas are. They're Canadian, but same kind of message. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to know what brought you into this kind of movement. Were you scared of losing your identity when you first became pregnant?
2: Yeah. I mean, I had such a full life pre-kids you know I had a, a good career I had 10 years working in media I traveled the world and I all of a sudden when I had my son I felt like I was just thrust into this whole new world of just like leaky boobs and puree banana and I just couldn't <laughs> find anything out there that really spoke to me like my type of mom and I knew there were mums like me that felt exactly the same but I couldn't find anything online any online communities or that really kind of you know that, that for moms who loved and embraced motherhood but they still wanted to retain that sense of self or style or whatever they were into pre-motherhood so Mm -hmm. i felt like okay i'm gonna start this community and i kind of didn't know where it would go it was really a passion project i just did it for me and then um it just gained traction And a lot of people obviously felt the same
1: (laughs) do you find your husband felt the same way or do you think for men it's a little bit different
2: well, he was ready for kids before me. Well, he said he was ready for kids before me, but he, <laughs> he, <laughs> he didn't... Um, I grew up in a really large family and my mum fostered and adopted children after she had five biological children. Oh, wow. So I kind of knew what... Parenthood kind of was like, yeah. So, I that's kind of why I kept putting it off cause I thought I knew that it wasn't all these like rainbow and lollipops and things. <laughs> but when but he was like, No, I want to have a baby. And then I just remember about three months in, and my son had the worst case of reflux known to man, and he would just cry all the time. And he was just standing up and rocking him. And we just looked at each other, and, and I said, Well, what did you expect it to be like? Because he just gave me this look of death, and he goes, Well, not this. So I was like, Well, <laughs> you know, welcome to parenthood. So I feel like for men, yes, it's the same. I mean, you, parents in general, I mean, you lose your idea. You have to refine, you know, you have to kind of figure out this new normal, I guess. It's, mm-hmm.
3: it's You
2: know, you can, yeah, so I think it's, it's that kind of balancing act of this new life and this, you know, your pre-parent life and just trying to, you know... Forge and together, you, you, I think you work through and end up finding like the best of both. Mm, Absolutely. um,
1: I guess just what I think about is a lot of my friends, they still make sure, even though we have children now, all my friends. That we have those guy nights at least once a month, whereas I find with women they dissolve away more. And I'm wondering, are you, were you one of the the first one of your friends to have children? And are girl nights and hanging out are those moments still happening?
2: With Mike, I had a few girlfriends that had babies around the same time, and so we kind of still did it, but with the babies, like we would have mm-hmm. like these day dates in the past with like a bottle of rosé, like yes. so we kind of still had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where we were catching up, but we had, the kids were with, and we were just sharing, you know, talking, basically talking about motherhood. So I guess we lost that, you know, what we would talk about before. We were, like, you just talk about the baby. Let's be real for
0: the first right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
2: all <laughs> It's all about this, you know, the two color and all these crazy, you know, these conversations change, you know, <laughs> your they,
0: birth stories. They change completely. The birth stories. That's like all my friends who have had kids and any women I've met since having my daughter, that's all we talk about. It's like this happened to you. Is this happening to you right now? And now that our kids are a little older, yeah. it's like all about toys and you we've lost the spontaneity because you can't necessarily be spontaneous when you have a child attached to you. Yeah. So what part of it was like of your former self when you started not so mumsy that you were maybe most scared or hesitant to let go of?
2: Um I think it was other the other adult I mean when you're in an office and you're working and you're around you know, you're social, it's just that adult yeah. conversation, not oh about God, children, yeah. you know, just 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 that, that normal like interaction and friendship and things that based around interests and other things. And that's mm-hmm. kind of why I started not so mum because I was I was really into fashion and I thought, well I can still be into fashion even though I'm a mum and my baby vomit's all over my clothes. <laughs> I can still try and work that in. So that was kind of why I started doing like the fashion mummy blog side of things in the beginning because i thought well i was into fashion before i can still be into fashion now so let's just kind of move with it so yeah i guess that's what
1: and your husband is am i correct in saying that he's in the sunglasses world
2: yeah so he's a um creative director art director he's in the fashion world in general but he's had um an eyewear uh label he started an eyewear label the same time that had my son so we had two babies, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, so it's a lot, yeah. He, so he started that. So we traveled around. We lived in New York for a while when my son was younger as well, um, while he was setting all of that up. So yeah, he's a creative. And now we, get, we both kind of work at home, you know, around freelancing and things like that.
1: I find with creatives, it's really hard to shut your brain off because working is kind of, it's challenging, but it's also kind of fun in a way when you're a creative. Do you find it's hard to... Turn off, like, and delegate responsibility when both of you are kind of working around the clock.
2: Oh, I just feel like we're in a constant tag team state mm-hmm. of like we check in, check out. Like, oh, okay, I'm gonna. We have a studio that's like ten minutes from our home. Thankfully, we had, We just couldn't work at home both yeah. and parent at the same time. So we just kind of tag team. We kind of like <laughs> ships in the day and the night. And we just kind of work around. Like I have an, my sons at school now, so school pickups and drop-offs, and then, um, you know, Poppy's at home because she's a toddler. So it's just a constant juggling, tag team. Yeah, it's
0: exhausting. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, we're, we're both working at home right now, too, because quarantine, obviously. I know you guys are back to school now. Yeah. And yeah. it is hard. It's hard for me, anyway, It's to, like, separate the conversations about work and just – Anything to do with work because obviously we work creatively together, and then conversations mm-hmm. about parenting to mm-hmm. just kind of bring it back and being ourselves and just kind of getting to that state where we can, you know, just like be romantic, be with each other, and calm down. Yeah. Do you guys have like a set time in the day for that, or do you do you just try to integrate it's that when well, you can? Lately, it's just gone out the window. I must
2: admit, since we've been in quarantine, homeschooling, like it's just been. You have to prioritize that, and you have to like, you do have to kind of schedule time with your partner in I feel for me my work is my life and my life is my work as well kind of thing mm-hmm. because I share my life so that adds a whole new dimension to it so it's you know it's, it's, it is hard I feel like when you are in this stage of motherhood and working being working parents I feel like you really do have to prioritise it and make an effort you know we go through ebbs and flows with it I guess mm-hmm. we're like okay we, we kind of check it, check it but okay look we haven't even had a conversation about anything other than the kids or work. So, you know, let's go and have like a drink on the deck at midnight <laughs> something no, like absolutely. that. You know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm pregnant right now, but I am counting oh. down the days to when I can have a bottle of red wine with Shane on the back oh. deck. Mm-hmm. Just dying for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. There was one thing I read on your website and I got to ask. So it talks about your pre baby life. And it says, in her pre baby life, Marcia cameoed as a hostess at a high end NYC celebrity jaunt, spent months in Africa bottle feeding lion cubs, cycled across Cambodia volunteering in orphanages, modeled in the UK, and was an honorary member of the Panamanian Latino Surf Pro Tour while mojitoing her way (laughs) through Central America. How much of this is true? All of it's true. <laughs> All of it's true. Wow. I mean, it sounds out of a movie. So were you... Yeah. Like, this is amazing adventure. This is were- over a 10-year period. This is over a 10-year period, let's mm. just say. So
2: I, I would go through... But like, I traveled pretty much every every year I'd go away for a few months. Right. So, yeah, it was, and I and I lived, once I finished um, university, I, I lived abroad um, in the UK and in New York for, I think it was like
0: just over a year I was traveling as well. But, um,
2: yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I believe it. it's It's easy to get yourself in those situations when you are young, childless, and traveling, saying yes to anything. But it all does sound out of a movie, and I, I wanted to know how much of that kind of adventurous spirit were you're able to keep when you started raising kids and bring into your family because that's something I'm struggling with now uh cuz I traveled a lot in my 20s and now it's mm. it's difficult for me to even picture, you know, doing all these fun adventurous things with kids. So how do you kind of integrate that into your life now? Yeah, it's hard.
2: It's it it takes a little while to work it out. So I love to travel, and I was determined that that was one thing that I was going to keep, mm-hmm. um, even whilst I had the baby. So, like I mentioned before, when Archie was uh, little, we went to New York for three months and based ourselves over there. And then we've travelled. I think the kids have gone to like sixteen
0: countries with us. That's amazing. Now,
2: yeah. So every um, year we'll, we, or the last few years, we've gone away for like a six week. It's harder now because Archie's at school, so we can't take too mm-hmm. much time off. But we'll go away for like a six week chunk um like we traveled around europe last year so it's a different type of travel obviously you have to be more planned yes. and you know you can't just kind of fly by the seat of your pants and just like not book anywhere you know mm-hmm. we have to kind of plan things but you know we have to go to places that i wouldn't normally go before like places that might have a kids club because we need some time yeah. <laughs> without, yeah. without the kids you know i'm not really like that kids clubby type of <laughs> traveler. Either Mine, is, yeah. But with kids,
1: do you have any travel tips for traveling with kids maybe on an airplane
2: oh um well Firstly, if you uh, live in Australia, we are so far from anywhere. No kidding. <laughs> so we, we, yeah. Like, so, we, I mean, it's 24 hours to the UK. We did that. with. Wow. I did that with Poppy. and um, She was about 14 months. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she was four, so he was a bit older. Look, I, I have a anything-goes attitude for the travel type. Like, you can have whatever they want. Sweet mm-hmm. lollies, iPad screen time, just whatever to get through. <laughs> and when they're little, the before they, if they're just starting to crawl or walk, my tip is not to let them down on the ground of the plane because once they're down, they want to keep going down and walk and run. So if yes. you just keep them up, then they don't actually think that they can go down so that's kind of my and the night flight night flight as well so hopefully that they just sleep
0: most of the time See, i've read about doing that with kids and we haven't done that yet but the last flight we took our daughter on she was a disaster and she's been great before that so that had me thinking more about night flights but is there one destination that you would say was so easy to do with kids or fun to do with kids that you might recommend
2: uh i think the greek islands were amazing the kids yeah we we went to there's a couple of islands that are a little more family friendly off Mykonos so we went to uh, Naxos and Paros Mm -hmm. and it was incredible because we rented villas so you still have the kitchen and you know that type of thing so it feels like a home away from home and they love children and there's beautiful like beaches that are, you know, really safe to mm-hmm. swim. So, yeah, I think that's probably been our highlight trip with the kids so far.
0: See, I'm so happy you said that because so I spent time in Greece uh, a few years ago before I met Shane, and I've mm. been saying to him ever since I'm like, I wish that I got to go there with a partner, preferably you, because then I'd have somebody to reminisce <laughs> about it with because the Greek islands, that was my favorite time away ever. I, I loved everything about it. But then it just seemed yeah. impossible to do with a kid. So I'm so happy you're saying this. But maybe that's just because I was young and, and, like, partying too much. But that sounds amazing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I did it. I, I went to the Greek islands when I was young and partied too much as well. Um, it was a very different, very different experience going back as a kid to different islands just so I wouldn't do things, you know. Comparing it too much, (laughs) but yeah, Greek islands are awesome.
0: I wanted to tell you, so like your photos are so beautiful, and your aesthetic is part of what kind of drew me to not so mumsy when I was pregnant. But you also share very real parts of motherhood that are not pretty via like your writing and in the blog and by the inclusion of other women's stories. So I just want to Mm. know why is it so important for you to kind of include this side in Mm. with the beautiful portrayal of it
2: yeah I I think that I learned pretty early on how important it was just to share honest motherhood because in the insta world when I first started way back there it was very glossy and glamorous and curated Mm -hmm. um and I I love that side of it too you know Mm. creatively I love I love love that but I just felt like and for me, I do it through my words, is just to share the realities and, stuff, and the behind the scenes and the fact that it took like a, a near divorce and like five thousand snaps to take that nice relaxed <laughs> picture <laughs> with my Absolutely. kids. Yeah, you'll show um, the
1: behind the scenes of it on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So I'll show the behind the scenes of, of capturing the beautiful moment as well, but also just the real like when I um, a couple of years after I started not to so mumsy, I. I had my first miscarriage and I decided to share it while I, I was going through it and then subsequently my infertility journey, secondary infertility, my IVF, had two losses and I just felt like when I shared that, that's when I really had a connection with a lot of people mm-hmm. just through the shared experience and I realised how important just the messages and the emails and the comments about how much my sharing helped other women. I just felt like, okay, this is kind of my purpose, and I and throughout that, uh, I've kind of just shared the downs as well as the ups because there are a lot. Like I think mm-hmm. you know it's okay to say that parenting is hard, and you know it's, it's also beautiful, and it can be both at the same time. And I think mm-hmm. that's a really important message: just the the realness of
0: it, you know, and it can be both at the same in the same minute. <laughs> you well, know, it's just yeah, that's what I love about accounts like yours it shows the like the weird dichotomy between the beauty of it and how like feminine and empowering it can be along with the okay this is chaotic my kid just pooped through their onesie and like i'm living (laughs) on the edge and i really really admire that because it's both of those things like i've never felt more empowered than i have and more just like kind of in tune with myself since i became Mm a mom but at the same time, yeah. I'm, like, frazzled as hell every second of the day. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's yeah. a weird combination. Totally. But it is, yeah.
1: And, yeah, I always find, too, the more that I share, the more I get back mm-hmm. from it. So I'm wondering, mm. and I don't even know the answer to this question, like, if I have a line where I feel like, oh, I've gone too far, I've shared too much, I've said too much. Do you have a line that you've recognized that, oh, okay, I'm not going to delve into this territory because that's just too much or too personal?
2: Yeah, not so much for me. I'm happy to share my personal story and be very raw and real with it. But when mm. it comes to my kids now that they're getting older, mm. I have, I constantly reassess and I've changed yeah. my views about what I share about them. Um, I feel like when the topics are universal, when they're babies and toddlers, I mean, it's about no sleep and, you know, potty training and things yeah. like that. It's, it's kind of universal. But when they get older and the, the you know, the things are going through get a little bit more personal, I, I really have to step back and say, okay, so when mm-hmm. my son is in high school, like all this stuff is going to be out there. You know, yeah. well, I don't want him to look back and ever, like be embarrassed about anything that I've shared. Um, same with my daughter. So I feel like that that's where I draw the line when mm-hmm. that's the, the tricky part about being, you know, a mummy blogger. is that. I, I really wanted to share my motherhood story. Of course, i includes my kids, but I don't want to share too much personally about them.
0: Yeah. Of course, and I think that's such a great way-, way to put it. And, like, I've even seen mothers of older children asking their kids consent before posting something or mm. whatnot. Yeah. And it, this isn't just for bloggers and people who put their life out publicly, but I think for just, like, the regular mom on Instagram, like, I see so often, and I am a high school teacher, and I'll see a kid come into my class Who, you know, I might have their parent on Facebook or something. And I've seen some pretty personal things. And it's that even for me goes over the line as an outsider. Yeah. And I think that's such a smart way to do like sharing your story, but then ensuring that your Mm -hmm. kids. Can still develop and create their own.
1: But sometimes, even on this podcast, Alex and I have talked about like intimacy, for an example. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, Lou's two years old, <laughs> she's never going to hear it. But then I'm wondering, like five years down the line, am I going to be regretting this? Yeah, but sort that's of thing? your
0: story, not hers. Right? I know, but
1: I can still cause embarrassment. Sure. I just wonder about these things. You know what I
2: mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a, I guess at, at some point we're going to embarrass now.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> inevitable.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Marcia, you are. Not Not just uh, the founder of the blog, but you also have a book and a clothing line with the, if I may say it, most adorable matching leopard print pajamas for moms and kids. So if you're listening to this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Are there any for
1: dads? Because I I was looking at those. I was like, I want a pair (laughs) like that.
0: I I actually, well, we're going to,
2: I think that we might do. I um, introduce a men's piece as well. I did have I did put my husband in um, a large size of mine to do a TikTok video, which is probably an all-time low for him. Um, <laughs> But yeah, maybe down the, down the track we
0: might.
1: Okay, but until then, a larger size will fit a man.
0: It will, yeah. Okay, oh, well, nice. we might have That's to. That's good that, to know, Yeah, um, and I just I find that your your book. And the clothing line that you have, they really reinforce, you know, your sentiment and the vibe you want to go for of, like, the modern mom. So yeah. why do you think it is that so many women have to kind of be, like, reminded constantly that they don't have to lose themselves within motherhood?
2: Well, it's just, I mean, it's it's relentless. Like, being a mom is relentless. It's relentless. It's twenty four seven, and I think that it's so easy to lose yourself. And you know, retaining that sense of self doesn't mean neglecting your kids. I mean, you know, you can incorporate them in mm-hmm. in that. I think that it's I think that it's important that we can recognize that you can find a stronger, newer version of yourself that incorporates your family, but incorporates the woman behind the mother as well. So I don't think that they're always separate. If you know yeah. what I mean, motherhood and and your identity. I think obviously it has
0: to be entwined Mm -hmm. um as you navigate through but yeah what advice might you then give to a new mom who wants to try to retain her individuality and like her sense of self ah well try and carve out
2: some time for yourself obviously try and find your village i think Mm -hmm. i think if you find i think it's all about community i think that if you find you know the traditional mother's groups is probably not where most people are going to... You know, some people do find those connections, but I feel like that we live in an age where we're so lucky that we can actually connect with anyone from around the world. You don't have to see them in person and that's why I love social media and that's the positive side of social media for me within the motherhood space is that I've connected with women from all over the world because we have... Other things in common, like they're just my person, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we have other, we connect in other ways. Not, you know, we're both mothers, but we also kind of connect in another way. So I think that finding that village and finding people that you can connect and talk to, I think that's probably the most important thing.
1: Okay, and you have to pick one: who comes <laughs> first, marriage or kids?
2: Oh, oh, that's a hard one. I know. Um, I have to pick one. You can't just say... You can't say both. It's such a cop-out.
1: Yeah, it's such a cop-out. <laughs>
2: oh! Well, I think it depends on the season that you're in with your kids. Like, when you're yeah. kind of... When your kids are so young, maybe your kids? I don't know. Right. My t- hopefully my husband... I won't let him listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> Look, I think when they're so young, I mean, when they're older, I, I think... But, you know, it's so important at the same time to them to see... A, a strong marriage and yeah. see something outside of them at the same time. So I'm, I am going to do
1: the cock-out answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, I like it. that. Was a good workaround. Like, it was. Yeah, I yeah. like I like that nuanced answer.
0: It was an honest workaround, and that might be something our daughter gets mad at us for in the future because we have publicly stated a few occasions marriage.
1: No, but I'd like to amend yeah. my I'd like to amend my answer to hers because yeah, I do. thought that was perfect.
0: So, future Lucy, if you're listening to this, what Marcia said, ditto. We're going with that. Yeah. <laughs> and Marcia, where can listeners find you if they want to check out your clothing label, your book, or your blog?
2: Um. So notsomumsy dot is my blog. Uh, not so Mumsy on Instagram. Not so Mumsy underscore the label. And my book is on Amazon, and it's all around the world actually. Amazon Book Depository. Just Google Not So Mumsy book, and it will come up wherever you
0: are. And what is the account for? I just saw that you are auctioning off. Your pre loved clothing for charity. So, I don't know how long yeah. you'll be doing that for, but if you continue, where can people find that? Because you have some beautiful pieces.
2: Yeah, so that's um, not the mumsy underscore pre loved. So, that would be kind of ongoing. So, we'll do like I've got the first auction this week, but it will be um, kind of continuously, probably every month, rolling mm-hmm. out the charity auction. Yeah,
1: and is mumsy a common term in Australia?
2: Yeah, I think it's an English term. I th- I feel like I know a lot of Americans are a little
0: confused by that. Are you? Do you, is it a term that you guys are? I familiar understand
1: with? it if it's said, but it, I've never really heard anyone my, say it outside of England.
0: My yep. mum's English, and yeah. she she right. uses that like when talking about her mom or her, her my grandmother. It's cute. Eh? Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> but Mercia <Yeah. laughs> Thank you so much, truly, for coming on here tonight and giving us some of your time. We really love talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. All right, you have a great night
1: or day, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) day, I'm wrapped (laughs) up. Thanks, guys. bye
2: -bye.
0: So as you guys can see, Marcia is a fascinating mom. Go give her a follow. And next, we are getting into our, as we said, raw conversation with Melissa about miscarriage and how this can impact your life and how talking about miscarriage can be an incredibly cathartic experience, as it was for me, as it is for Melissa, and as it is, I know, for a lot of moms that I've spoken to online. So,
1: And let's get into it with Melissa from Josiah & Co.
0: Hello? Hey, Melissa. Hey! This is Alex and Shane. How are you? Good. How are you? We are so good. Is this a good time?
4: Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me
0: okay? We can, yes. So Melissa, I just did a bit of an intro and I told the listeners who you are basically and what you've meant to me without knowing each other. And I I <laughs> probably have meant nothing to you, but I'm so excited to finally get to talk to you um, as in the fall, uh, I talked about it a lot. I experienced a miscarriage, my only miscarriage, and I used your account, which was recommended to me to cope through your sharing of stories and other people's sharing of stories. And honestly, aside from aside from that and aside from what I learned in that time, I actually I don't know too much about you and too much about your story. So I was hoping you could kind of tell Shane and I and tell the listeners a little bit about what you've been through.
4: Yeah, definitely. I would love to share. <laughs> also, um, I just wanted to say thank you. It's always nice being able to connect with people through shared experiences, Mm -hmm. despite how awful they are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I just want to say thanks for choosing me. Oh, well, we're so (laughs) Um, happy that uh, you were able to come on with us.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. So a bit about my experience and my story. So we have two living kids Mm -hmm. and... Ezekiel he is our oldest and he is six years old now Mm -hmm. and after him we experienced three losses so the first loss after Ezekiel was at 20 weeks and that was our son Josiah
0: and is that that is that you shared a photo of him on your Instagram correct yeah, yeah. So
4: I've shared quite a few because he actually is the reason why I started my whole business.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and I named my business after him. So, yeah, we lost him at 20 weeks back in uh, April of 2015. Oh my God. And then after him, we had two more early pregnancy losses mm-hmm. at five weeks and then nine weeks. And uh, after that, we had our daughter, Eliana. So she's three now. And then, yeah, and then after her, we had uh, four more pregnancy losses. My goodness, wow. uh, Yeah. So, and the four most recent ones have all been within the last two and a half years, and they've been in the second trimester. So I'm... (laughs) Yeah, so I'm well versed in pregnancy loss and the ups and downs that come through navigating loss and navigating pregnancy after loss and parenting after loss.
1: Wow. So just listening to you now, I can tell you are a fairly optimistic, cheerful person. So when you get pregnant now, do you celebrate a pregnancy when it happens? Or are you just like, I'm not saying anything until it's nine months and I'm ready to pop?
4: Pretty much, yeah. So anytime I get pregnant, I'm terrified. (laughs) Um, It's interesting because, like, so I kind of like break it into two sets. Like, we had our first set of losses prior to our daughter and then the second set of losses after her. Mm -hmm. And I found with the first set, like, we didn't really share, like, with anyone really, mainly because, like, I didn't have this same platform, social platform that I have now. Right. And then our second set of losses after our daughter, like, I talked about them quite publicly and, Okay, Ezekiel, go to bed. Go to bed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so, those first three losses in the second set, I, you know, shared them publicly when we found out. I shared publicly my process on navigating through that and just like the fear and hesitant joy and hesitantly hoping through those. I shared quite publicly. And then I found like it started to get harder and harder to be so open and Mm -hmm. vulnerable with that because it it was getting really difficult trying to hold on to other people's hope. Um, Because a lot of people would say things like, I have a good feeling about this one. Like, you know, this is going to be the one. And I'd want to just like strangle them and be like, you don't, you can't actually say that because you don't actually know, especially based on my history. And so our, our most previous loss, when I found out I was pregnant, I decided I'm not going to share this at all until we a either make it past halfway, which Mm -hmm. seems to kind of be our safe zone or, uh, when we lose the baby. So, and this time we lost the baby and that's when I shared it.
0: Oh my God. So I personally, and like I was saying this to Shane when, I got pregnant again after the miscarriage because we were told to wait a cycle or two by my doctor, but we ended up getting pregnant that very next cycle successfully. uh, And our baby's going to be due in July. However, the only thing, because like, you're terrified. I was terrified. Like, I'm still scared. But that first trimester, I was terrified every single second of every single day. And one of the things that kind of helped me me get through it was I told myself, look, like I have a hard time with pregnancy as it is. This is going to be my last pregnancy regardless mm. of what happens because I can't deal with that again. And as somebody who has dealt with this more times than anybody I, I, I've ever spoken to, this is just incredible to me that you have more room and more space in you to experience this. So is there like, where where does that come from? Like, how do you keep finding that, that strength to kind of keep pushing you forward?
4: Yeah, yeah. So for me, like, I just can't seem, I can't shake this feeling that we're supposed to have a third. Mm -hmm. So like, even when I'm watching my kids playing together, like, I'm always imagining that there's a younger kid with them. Yeah, And I Mm -hmm. think that's kind of the driving force that keeps me going, mm-hmm. mind you, like with each loss that happens, it gets harder and harder. So, one of the things I always ask myself, like right before or right after a loss, in but in that period between a loss and trying again, trying again, I ask myself, "Am I ready to do this just one more time?"
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: And if I know that I'm ready to do it one more time, then I know I'm ready to try again. Because I found I find that we can get so caught up in like the larger picture, especially people who've experienced recurrent loss and asking how many times do I have to do this before I finally get to take a baby home? And so I have to kind of break it down and just ask myself, can I do it one more time?
1: Are you a religious person at all? Like I noticed your child's name's Ezekiel and I'm so ignorant (laughs) when it comes to religion. I I think that's that's a religious name.
4: (laughs) That's a great question. And,
1: And if so, has this like, question, put your faith into question or anything like that?
4: Yeah. So, um, I used to be <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, my, like my husband very much is. So he's from West Africa. He grew up in like a very African Pentecostal church. So he's very much like a religious type of man. Right. I used to be. And then as I walked through all of these losses. It has caused me to reevaluate everything that I believe wow. um and I would say that i'm I'm
0: not anymore <laughs> Yeah, no that stuff and Fascinating. It, it does it's interesting how it, it that loss that's so close to you so personal and personal to the point where you're carrying it in your own body uh can have such a cause you to change your worldview so much. Um, oh, yeah, and I totally understand. Like, I've only experienced it once, like I said, but I totally understand people, you know, changing in any which way because it is so difficult to deal with. And since I've dealt with that, um, I've had other people that follow me or listen to the podcast. You know, they message me, they email me and they ask what I did to get through it and to cope because they're going through it right now and they want some advice. And I always push them onto you because (laughs) you were (laughs) in your community that you've built there at Josiah co was so helpful to me. And I truly believe in the cathartic release that you get from sharing stories and how much that can help somebody heal. I can't be silent about things. I need to talk them out. It's the only way that I can feel better. And I was just curious, what did like, what do you do to cope? Like, is there anybody that you go to or any community you go to anything you read? Um, So besides drinking a lot of margaritas, (laughs) (laughs) Um,
4: yeah, I find for me, like, writing and sharing my story has been a huge help in the healing department for me, Mm -hmm. especially because, like, I'm the type of person who, like, um, like Shane was saying, like, I'm I'm a lighthearted person. Like, I sound like I'm, you know, happy and fun, and I am very much the type of person where I stuff the hard feelings down and to the point where they could boil over and I don't want that to happen and so I find when I'm writing it out and forcing myself to put those feelings and emotions on paper or my phone or whatever Mm -hmm. I find it's like a it's a huge release and helps me to not hold on to things also a therapist was a huge help (laughs) um Yeah. And then also just like reading other people's stories online and connecting with other people who have been through a similar situation. Because when we walk through something like this, especially like, I'm sure you've experienced this now that you're pregnant after loss. Like all these quote unquote crazy thoughts go through our heads and we, we think that we're going nuts. And then, but then when we voice it and we hear other people say, you know what, me too, I -hmm. thought those exact same things as well, it makes you realize that you're not alone and you're not going nuts.
1: (laughs) Did you find any difference in the way you felt from your first miscarriage to your seventh? Yeah, that's a good mm. question. Um, Like, does it get easier? I I guess I'm trying to wonder, like, is there any harder?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think. I've learned to navigate it a little bit better, but I think I've also become numb to the process. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think part of that has been a coping mechanism and just like helping, it helps our bodies get through it when we're numb to the beginning phases of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I find it's been easier in some sense because like, I kind of know what to expect now. So when I've, out that I'm about to like experiencing a loss I know exactly like what I have to do afterwards so right. in that sense I'm not blindsided to it anymore which has been somewhat helpful um, but it's still hard because it definitely is like compounding grief on top of grief mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. top of grief and I feel like I'm just in this perpetual state of grieving so,
1: yeah. these losses I'm sure in some ways it's uh, easier in some ways it's harder
4: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Is there an answer to why this has happened? Like, have have you even sought out a reason for why you've had such a a strange amount of miscarriages?
4: Yeah. So after our, so within the second set of losses, we got referred to a genetic uh, counselor in in Toronto at at Credit Valley. So they started doing genetic tests, and then because we found out we were pregnant again they were able to expedite the test mm-hmm. and so they they ended up <laughs> sorry one second Is <laughs> like i'm on the phone <laughs> um i'm i tapping on the window um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can't find my banana <laughs> it's quarantine motherhood yeah um yeah so they ended up Like, we thought we had an answer, but in the end, it wasn't really an answer. So they found, like, a genetic variant on two of the babies that we lost, and then they found out that I'm the carrier of that genetic variant. But because, like, genetic research is still really new, Mm -hmm. they say that they're not, they can't say for certain if that's what's causing our losses, especially because I carry this variant, but I'm alive and well. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they don't know for sure if that's what it is. But we've had like a bunch of other testing done and everything's come back normal. And we're now in the process of (laughs) finally going to a fertility clinic, which Uh you would have thought we would have done that a lot sooner. But we're getting referred to Trio Fertility Clinic in Toronto, which has a recurrent pregnancy loss program. So we're hoping that they'll be a lot more thorough in trying to figure out, is there anything that we've missed? Is there anything else or could it? actually indeed be this genetic
1: variant and how do you handle unsolicited maybe well-intentioned advice mm-hmm. like oh why don't you just adopt and oh do this or do that like what's your reaction to that
4: oh man um usually i just try to ignore people <laughs>
1: <laughs> the beauty of the internet is you can just mute them. Oh,
4: yeah exactly just don't respond to their messages you... yeah it's interesting because like you get. So many random questions or yeah. advice or like I've had people like message me with like those so stupid like pyramid uh, businesses where they're yes. like I sell I sell this and this and this and it's supposed to help with your fertility and I'm like seriously fuck off like yeah. I don't I don't want your stupid product that's not gonna help me. But yeah, usually like I'm the type of person where I try to be as nice to people as possible, mm-hmm. um, but if it's something that just annoys me, either I a don't answer or just give them a super super short answer. Like, thank you so much. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I just, I have one more question. Um, yeah. So a lot, one question I get a lot, and something that I had trouble navigating myself was how to be there for. Not just me, but I, I wanted to make sure Shane was okay too, because he was being so good to me when I was experiencing the loss and grieving that I didn't really make sure that he was okay too, because I was so kind of consumed within my own grief. So is there any way that you have kind of kind of navigated through this with your husband and like how, how has he dealt with everything?
4: Yeah, that's a really good question. I find, like, often the fathers are forgotten in Mm -hmm. these types of situations because often, like, they're expected to be the strong one. They're expected to keep everything together and, in a sense, like, be the doorman. So when people are showing up for meals, like, Mm -hmm. being the one who's the face of the family. And I find, like, it's been like that with my husband. Like, he's very much been, like, steady and stable through it all. And he's also, like he's an African male, so he's very, like, doesn't talk about his emotions. So I honestly, like, I can't speak really to, like, what the experience has been like for him, but I think it's, like, really important to be communicating with each other and asking each other, like, how are you doing right now? How are you doing overall? And then when you're thinking about trying again, just making sure that both of you are on the same page because I find like usually the male will be like, yep, yeah, let's try again. It's all good. Let's mm-hmm. keep going. And then us as mothers, like often, like one minute we might think, yeah, I'm ready. And then the next yeah. start freaking out Absolutely. thinking like, no, 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 I'm not ready. Um, yeah. So just making sure communication lines are open and even to like finding resources that are available for grieving fathers. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that they're far and few between Mm -hmm. but one thing that's been helpful for us is a friend of mine his name's Jason uh, Dykstra he runs has a blog called so they call me dad and he talks a lot about his experience of losing their baby through stillbirth so even just like finding those resources and making them available to the men in your life that you know that have experienced loss. well
0: and honestly, thanks to people like him and like you who keep these conversations open so that people do have a venue to kind of channel their emotions and their grief and what they're going through. And it it means so much. And I'm so happy that there is a space on the internet in the midst of everything that makes up Instagram for this love and support. And now your Instagram account is yeah. a community for support and for, you know, shared experiences. But you do also sell the most beautiful handmade gear, sometimes the slippers, and it's also adorable. So if people want to find you uh, to either listen to your stories, listen to your, uh, your follower stories, or go and check out your beautiful slippers, where can they do that? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Josiah and Co,
4: and then also my website, josiahandco.com
0: yay melissa thank you so much i know that uh you know this is never a fun topic to talk about and i truly just want you to know how much uh, i appreciate everything that you've been doing online and appreciate you coming on tonight it means a lot yes thank you so much for having me absolutely all right you have Take a great care. night melissa you too bye, right. bye. Well, anytime that i have the chance to talk about the miscarriage that we went through and kind of revisit that point in our lives, which is incredibly recent. I still get so much kind of weight taken off my shoulders, talking about it and hearing other people talk about their experiences. And I don't know that that's ever going to get old for me. And I'm curious if other people that have experienced miscarriage feel the same way in that, you know, like this sounds so cheesy, but like there's always a piece of your heart there with that and in that experience. And that little piece of your heart is so heavy, and I, I don't know that it, it can ever. That heaviness can never be lifted totally, but it always feels at least a little bit lighter after after talking about it and revisiting it.
1: It is interesting because since you carried the previous child, who mm. let's just call him Ace, because I do think it was a, a male child that was our for Ace. some reason. It's just I don't have that same feeling like, oh, Mm -hmm. there's a piece of my heart. And I suspect it's because I was not physically carrying this child, which I assume creates a crazy connection that's a little bit different for me as the father dealing with that loss. But anyway, on to some people's favorite part of the show. It's the part where we answer questions from – I don't want to say fans, listeners.
0: I love this part of the show the most because it gives us a chance to connect with all of you. So please don't stop sending in questions. We love them. We love chatting with you. And here we go. Number one, Shane, when you can't agree on the number of kids to have, who should give in? The husband or the wife?
1: Uh, If the man can somehow figure out a way to carry the child, then I think...
0: But that's assuming that the woman wants less kids? I Mm. guess no. No. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I guess let's assume the woman wants less kids. Then it's the woman's choice. But if the woman wants more, that'd be hard. Like, how do you force that?
0: I, I, don't, I don't think you can. I think that this is something that you need to be on the same page with. And if you are not... Like, what do you need...
1: do? Just get a divorce if you're not on the same page?
0: No, you just, you need to talk it out, talk it out, talk it out. See a therapist, talk it out until you are on the same page.
1: Or maybe, maybe if the fear is, oh, I don't want to go through the baby phase again, that's so tough. Maybe just adopt like a 10 to 16 year old.
0: There you go. <laughs> maybe so, that, that
1: could be a concession because it then, no, then it's just eight years with another kid and then you boot them out of the house.
0: And the, <laughs> the least adoptable kids or the kids that are most frequently left unadopted and just kind of going through the system are older children.
1: Wow, and, so there you go. Yeah, so you'd so be, it'd be a an awesome service to people who have been kind of left behind in the orphanages. Yeah, and,
0: and and kids that would really appreciate it.
1: But ultimately, just to answer the question, I think as 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 much as you say it would be a tie. I do think women get a notch up for carrying the child. Yeah. So if, if they were shareholders in a company, they'd have 51%.
0: <laughs> I like that. Just that sliver.
1: Yeah, and that's all it takes to have full control over a company, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it, I, I, I do think that if the woman's like done with having kids and the husband wants more, then you're, you're done having kids, guys. But if it is the woman who wants more, you just got to work on that, get on the same page. One one person's going to have to concede.
1: Maybe done bearing children, but adopt 12 year old
0: yes and i do like that solution shane that's a good suggestion okay next question what are your go-to meals for the family hilarious question for our lives right now
1: i just eat a bowl of ground beef (laughs) i just eat a bowl of ground beef every day and he's
0: he's not kidding either
1: (laughs) i find it to be very low in calories fits with my goals for fitness and it's easy to make. And Alex gets very annoyed by that because she wants to make some meals. But really, when she gets into meal-making mode, it stresses everyone out, including her.
0: <laughs> well, especially right now because I don't feel good. Also, the beef bowls just taste great. Like, you don't just leave it just beef, right? Okay, you, you slice up the cheese. You melt the cheese on it. You get jalapenos in there. It's basically... Just a talkable. So That's all you're, it is. So now
1: you're pro beef bowl? I like, love
0: beef bowls, babe. Eating- five
1: days ago, you were yelling and crying at me like... What are we gonna eat with the family dinners?
0: Well, beef be- balls? Because I just spent three days of eating beef balls, then I was just thinking that I needed mm-hmm. a little more
1: variety in my life. No, but you were acting like when Betty's born, we're gonna have family sit down dinners, well, and you're gonna be like, like.
0: Okay, not the second she's out of here, because she's not gonna care, but once Betty starts eating, so around the, what, six month period. We're going to
1: have sit-down dinners around a dinner well, table? Well,
0: no. The kids, because they eat earlier. Shane and I eat late. Like, we eat around seven thirty eight, And, of course, the kids are in bed by then or will be in bed by then when she's born. But when they're school age, we're having sit-down dinners every night. I think that's such an important staple for a family. And
1: I can't have my beef bowls at you that You can moment?
0: have your beef bowl, sure, but you got to sit down. That's all I care about.
1: <laughs> well, I'll sit down and eat a beef bowl. You
0: don't think you're going to get tired of beef bowls by that point?
1: Uh, I hope not. <laughs> I really like it. It, it. Mr. Noodles is something I enjoy and Beef Bowls. I have a very, I guess, unsophisticated palate, but that's the way I like it because it keeps costs low and <laughs> helps me with my fitness goals.
0: And honestly, it is just the amount of things that we can do right now. It's, it's pitiful. Like we have so much laundry. Cooking is only happening for Lucy. We cook for Lucy and not for ourselves really. Like I make sure I get all my nutrition, on my own but again, change to just eating beef. And it's just where we are. Like, we're don't working. you love
1: that I'm so low maintenance, though?
0: No, it is, it is pretty sweet.
1: Because some men are really uh, putting their women to work, I think.
0: <laughs> Do any of your friends put their wives to work?
1: I don't know. I'd like to think I'm the most easygoing of my friends in that category.
0: I've never had any of my friends complain about that or anything like that. I think the ones that love... To do it, do it, and the other ones that don't love to do it are just like us and the beef bowls.
1: Maybe I'm not the best. What's the next question?
0: Okay, how do you avoid toddlers getting too many toys for a birthday? And what's a nice way to say, "Well, money would be better"? Because honestly, and I, it's a rude thing to say. No, it's not. You know, just say well, money here's, would here's be the better. Thing. In in a sense, it can be a rude thing to say, but if you know you're expecting. A gift from somebody. Like if somebody tells you they are getting a gift and it's maybe, you know, somebody in your family, then I think I think it's appropriate to say because they're like
1: it's always appropriate to say. Family schmanly friend, not that close friend, acquaintance, boss, make a funny Facebook invite about you the event. And make a joke that is deadly serious about how your kid doesn't need any more gifts and cash is king. Please just give $5 if you're going to bring anything. And it's all fun, but they also know you're being serious.
0: Or choose somewhere that people can donate to. Huge thing. So they could either... Well, we talked about this before. I read about having a fiver party. So instead of people going out and buying a $20 gift or a $15 gift or something even more expensive, everybody just brings a card and a $5 bill. And then that way the parents are able to get something that the kid really wants. It's maybe a bigger gift or put it towards something that the kid needs.
1: And a $5 bill is a great gift for anyone, child or not. Yeah, Like your brother, I give him a $5 Uh, a card with five bucks in it every year at christmas <laughs> and it's very funny
0: well it, it, it it's it's hilarious and you guys love doing it and he loves getting it
1: well I, he doesn't give it to me though i've noticed he never gives me a card with five well, right? he's a little cheap yeah that's true.
0: but uh yeah the fiber party is a great option i think or like we said you know, charitable donation, maybe in your child's name. So everybody can feel good about that. And then you are making a difference as well. So those options, because I do agree. I like toys are the bane of my existence. We're lucky to be in that position, obviously, but they just accumulate so quickly.
1: And they don't have a long lasting relationship with the child. After two minutes, the kid's already yeah. forgotten about it.
0: Yeah, no. So it, it does get tough. So that's the end of our questions. Is there one that we can make up on the spot? During this quarantine, what is the one thing that you are surprised that I've been doing well at, if anything, and what am I doing the worst at as a quarantine partner?
1: It's hard. You're pregnant, so I feel like you're in a special get-out-of-jail-free card way in terms of emotions and doing tasks and behavior.
0: (laughs) Behavior.
1: Well, yeah, you're an emotional person. You know, you get a lot of highs and lows. Your moods are all over the map, and then yeah, you then you got I'm pregnant, not. and that everything <laughs> got exacerbated after that. Kidding, but yeah, what what have you been doing well? Well, you're a great worker at your job. I always respect and envy how smart and efficient you are at your job. You are good at figuring out new things like apps and delivering grocery apps and things that i don't have an aptitude no pun intended Mm. for those things and you're very good at figuring them out and streamlining our life yeah i'm trying to think if there's something even more notable than that i'm impressed by how much toilet paper you use and, and your ability to use that much toilet paper and still have the, the balls to not refill the toilet paper dispensers ever is pretty... Like, you love that, eh? Oh, More potty humor on the pod. Okay. Whoa. But yeah, okay. Same question that you asked, to, but about me.
0: Okay. So, I am so impressed with seeing you around Lucy and seeing you just interacting with Lucy in ways that you know you only had one opportunity or two opportunities in the week to interact with her before in some regards like around mealtimes or you know we don't really discipline but like enforcing rules and boundaries and things like that and being able to help calm her down and sway her like when it comes to mealtimes for example tonight we gave her something she didn't want to eat it and then you helped make her think that she was the one making the choice to eat it again Mm -hmm. and you just did it in such a way that makes it seem like you have been there for every meal time for the past two years like it has just it's been such a natural and i got her sunscreen
1: on her face just to pile on here
0: right no honestly it is a disaster to try to get sunscreen on Lucy, on her face. And, like, you ha- find ways to make her feel like it's fun and something that you guys are doing together. And it's, it's the coolest thing to watch. It, because, you, truly, you didn't have many opportunities on a daily basis before. And it's, like, it's, it's so amazing to watch, by the way. Uh, so that you do really well. And I got to say, you also are just so good at like, you know, if I need something and I tell you I need something or that I can't do something, you're so good at taking over and doing it. What you're not good at... Hit me. Okay. So, aside from like shoes in random places, because I will be walking and then I will like stumble on a shoe of yours, because it's, it's like... The most random places you will leave your shoes.
1: I agree, and I've had that and problem some my like, entire life.
0: Dark hallways, babe, that you're leaving them in, that I'm tripping over but them. We in. have a
1: very dusty basement, and that's where we keep our new freezer. And I need to wear shoes down there, and I shouldn't put them in the. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> it's okay. So that, and the only other thing is also.
1: Is it my breath? No. <laughs> no what is it
0: it is shutting the um what do you get the dispensers for baby wipes you never shut them and then the first two wipes always dry up and i can't use them so i have to waste two wipes every time i go to wipe do i do that
1: Hmm. you'll you you
0: do it trust me
1: because do you know what's funny when i go in there i find it's open all the time too and i have that same you
0: think that's me
1: maybe it's me but then i'm changing i feel like there's not a lot of times i change consecutive diapers so if it's not me i mean if it is me then i'm changing a lot of diapers but if it's not me There might be a faulty problem with these lids.
0: No, I I, I do think that you're changing a lot of diapers. How come every
1: time I... Oh, is that what I'm doing? Yeah, no, you
0: are changing a lot of diapers. Because again, if she's napping, it's hard for me to get upstairs, take her out of the crib, change diaper, put her back. Physically, it's just hard to do. And even if we're all sitting around together in the house, you've been taking over diaper duty.
1: Man, I'm the best dad ever. (laughs) Okay, I sorry I don't have a question for you. I didn't know we were going to be asking each other questions.
0: That's okay. That one went long.
1: Uh but please rate our podcast on iTunes. Give us yes. A, give us a four star. Give us a five star. Even give us a
0: five star, guys. I'm I'm not gonna you know be okay with a four star like shane is Cool, give us a nice rating leave a comment give us something nice to read in the oh, morning oh
1: i love a comment anytime i see one i'm very excited anyway thank you so much for listening to this, this family, family tree, tree podcast
0: episode 41 Boom. great